Hello and welcome to the Mindful Men Podcast, a show inspiring men to be mindful about their lives. Each week, we'll dive into a range of topics that matter to men and hear from everyday people doing extraordinary things. So if you love the show, please give it a five-star rating and share it with your mates. Now, before we get into this week's episode, please note that some of the content may trigger you. And if this happens, please reach out to your support networks. It's really important. If you can't get enough of Mindful Men, head over to our website. It's www.mindful-men.com.au. Find the show notes and the links to our socials there. But for now, sit back, relax, and let's get mindful. G'day guys and welcome to another episode of the Mindful Men Podcast. I'm your host Simon Rooney and today we're getting mindful about men becoming above average and finding their voice through connections with other men. And joining me for today's discussion, I've got Wayne Taylor from right here on the sunny coast. How are you going, Wayne? Doing well, mate. Doing great. How about yourself? I'm good. I just called you Whaler. <laughs> <laughs> just a combination, mate. <laughs> that's, where, that's where my brain is on a Friday afternoon. I'll forgive you for that. Brain. <laughs> I think I was, I was, I was channeling my inner, like Taylor Swift, how, how they merged the names of all the pop stars. So maybe you're a pop star and I just didn't, you, did, you didn't know it and I didn't know it as well. But anyway. You've been prophetic, mate. I'll take that. Good. <laughs> Wade, to introduce you to the audience, you're, you're a husband of 23 years, which is just amazing in itself. You're a father of two, you're a business owner, you're a speaker and founder of Average Joe. So we're here today to talk about Average Joe's, but also a bit about your story as well and the backstory around that. And Average Joe's, to introduce that as a concept, it's a men's movement focused on making above average men through weekly meetups. So really excited to unpack this because we've, we've met up recently and I've mentioned that I've been watching The Average Joe's Story for a little while and I'm really excited about what it does. But before we get there, I want to know a little bit more about you and where you're from because I know you're not from the sunny coast. You're from a very different part of Australia. Talk us a bit about where you're from and, and what prompted the move to the Sunshine Coast. I'll start by saying I'm a father of four, so you got one thing. <laughs> to, oh, there, there are two I'd like to forget. But no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a father of four, baby. Yeah, married 23 years. Uh, father of four amazing kids. I've got there. They're great. But uh, born and bred Western Sydney, Penrith of all places. But that doesn't make me a Panthers fan. I'm a Tigers fan. So don't, don't hold that against me. <laughs> but uh, no, born and bred in Penrith, mate. Lived there for 35 years. Moved to the sunny coast eight years ago. Well, this Christmas will be eight years. So coming up close to it. And I, I regret one thing. Is that I waited 35 years to get it because this is the place to be. This is this is an amazing place. I think it just got voted. Is it holiday destination of the world? Oh, probably. I think it did. Yeah, <laughs> it was, I, I saw the top ten and it was um, Mauritius and Bora Bora, but Sunshine Coast was number one. So we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. Absolutely. And what prompted the move? Because for listeners that aren't familiar of both Penrith and the Sunshine Coast, can you paint the picture of why they're so different? Okay, so I'll, I'll put it this way. I normally would say to someone, yeah, look, I'm from Sydney because everybody knows Sydney. And Sydney as a CBD is an amazing city. I kind of hope they don't want to extend all that answer because when they say, oh, whereabouts in Sydney after, say, uh, Penrith, because <laughs> Penrith's a place you kind of want to forget you're from there, to be honest. It's a very, very blue cold worker area. We reference it to it as to being very much similar to, like, LA. It's Australia's version of LA. Growing up was rap music, gang violence, basketball was the sport, and he just... It just is what it, it that's just, and I'm not paying out on Penrith, I truly am not, because I will, my, my heart and soul 
I've still got a lot of friends, a lot of family, and I love it because it's where I'm from. But I love it because it's where I'm from, and I'm <laughs> no longer there. Yeah, look, but what prompted the move actually was um, we got some good friends that live across the road from us back there, and he got a bit of a history of being quite. He damaged his leg when he was a kid, and his his leg actually stopped growing. And then fast forward to say uh, about ten years ago, he actually come off a motorbike and damaged his arm. So I've got this mate that lives across the road with a with a short leg and an arm that he can no longer use. And we become really, really good friends. And we were having dinner one night, and I just out of the blue just said, hey, Rob, what would you do if you weren't limited with this condition? Yeah, like, it's, it's sad that you can barely walk, you can't move one of your arms, but you seem to you know, do okay. But what was your drink? Like, what would you do if you didn't have these conditions? And he said to me, um, mate, he goes, my dream was to always be a scuba diving instructor on a witch Sundays. I went to bed that night and that just played in the back of my head because everybody to a degree has a dream. Everybody says, this is what I'd love to do. Oh, one day I'd love to do this and I'd love to do that. And my dad had just retired also. And I remember having a chat with him about, okay, mate, so what does retirement look for you now? And he said, mate, I'm, I'm going to move down to Bateman's Bay. And so I went to bed that night after my, the conversation with my mate. I said to my wife, I said, babe, I said, everybody has a dream. Everyone says, this is what I'd love to do. It's either like my dad, they wait till they retire, or like my mate Rob, they've got this condition that holds them back. They've got this thing that says, that's what I'd love to do, but I can't because of this. This is my bad arm and my bad leg. I said, so one, what's our dream? What's the one thing we've ever, we've always said we wanted to do? And she said, well, we've holidayed on the sunny coast numerous times. We'd always said one day, hopefully, wouldn't we? And so I just toyed with the idea and said, you know what? If that's our dream, then just like Rob, what's our bad arm and bad leg? What's the condition that says that's the dream, but that holds us here? And she said, well, I think the only thing that really holds us here is your business because I'm a, I'm a plumber by trade, so I had a plumbing business. I said, well, if that's the only thing that's holding us, if that's the condition that stops chasing a dream, I said, forget it. Let's take the risk. Let's do it. Let's chase after the place we want to be, and we will risk whatever that is. We'll change it. We'll make it work somehow. So I went to sleep. Went to work the next day, got the phone call. Look, were you serious? I said, let's do it. I'm 100% serious. What, why wait till you retire to go, well, now I'm going to go to a place where I don't know anybody. Now I'm going to go to a place where it's unfamiliar. Why wait till then? Why go all those years and not chase it? So within a few months, the house was on the market. We took the plunge and we moved to the sunny coast. And it's interesting though, because the reason that we'd said wouldn't bring us here was the business. When we moved here, I had to change how I ran business. I had to learn different ways because I was in another state, but the business was still operating in New South Wales. So I had to learn a whole different way of running business. In doing so, we then expanded into three other states. But I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't put myself in a position to have to learn that. So when I did move here, it took us about three to four years, and then we branched off into Victoria, Melbourne, Victoria. Also, we opened up in Queensland, but we also branched off into the ACT. So it was risky, but it, it worked well, fourfold. It truly did. And that was now eight years ago. I just can't believe how fast it works. When you're living in an area where you're running a business, you're the go-to guy, but you're also the guy that goes to. So the problems come to you, but you're also the one that attends the problems. So to move into an entirely different state, because back then we had 12 staff. So I couldn't just say, I'm closing the business down. I had to learn how to keep the business open but run it and manage it from a whole different state. I'm now a 12-hour drive or a two-hour flight away. 
So for the first two years, I flew back every two weeks. Wow. I would do the drive around. I'd, I'd, I'd stay with friends. And it was hard. And I learned a lot about myself in that two years because for those first two years, and, and not many people knew this, but I would wake up at 2 a.m. and I would lean over the edge of my bed and I'd be dry reaching everyone because the stresses, the thoughts, the anxieties, the, you think the worst when your business is an entire state away and you're living 12-hour driveway. You can't be the guy to go to site. You can't be the guy to attend it because you're just not there. So I had to learn how to trust people, which sadly in today's society is extremely hard. And like I've said, I've said this in, for years and years and years throughout business. I would much rather employ a good person over a good plumber because good people are good people. Good plumbing, you can teach plumbing. If you're not a good plumber but a good person, I would take that because I can teach you the plumbing side of it. But if you're not a good person, that's and good people are hard to find. Trustworthy people. So I had to learn that whole thing. But it was it was stressful. The first two years were very, very hard. Then we built the team and then hit the rest is history. Well, so you've moved to the sunny coast. Did you bring all four of your children or just two of them? <laughs> That's why I have two now. I didn't leave two of you. <laughs> no. No, no, we're all here, mate. We're all here. But actually, interesting, since then, my wife's family's moved up here and my sister and her husband just moved up here now 18 months ago. Oh, wow. So now we've got to move again because everyone's following us. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe further north to the Whit Sundays. That sounds like a nice place to be as well. I'm not screwed on, mate. Those sharks, they like people. <laughs> true, very true. So you're a family man and I always love to talk to dads and, and understand from a dad's perspective what fatherhood means to you. Absolutely, mate. I, I, I'm so glad you asked that question because interestingly enough that within average dose, which we'll get to soon, but that's actually our topic for this week is like father, like son. Now, out of my four kids, I have one daughter. She's my oldest. Uh, he's uh, 20, and then I have three boys, 18, 16, 14. Fatherhood, my God, I love fatherhood. I, I, I truly, truly do. And I was having a chat with a, a good mate just yesterday about what I believe are the three different types of fathers. You've got the proactive father, which we all aim to be, right? But you've got the reactive father, and you've got the non-active father or the inactive father. Sadly, we are in a generation where there are a lot of inactive farmers. There's, there's a lot of single-parent homes, you know, which is extremely sad. But you've also got the um, the reactive father. I think more often than not, we seem to automatically, or just by default, fall into being a reactive father. And a perfect example is like we wait to see what our child does. We wait to see what our child says and all these things, and then we react to what they do. Instead of being proactive and guiding your child through life and pointing them and say, hey, do this. But instead, we a reactive father has a, a, a vocabulary of don't do that, you shouldn't do that, put that down. That's reactive. Whereas proactive is, hey, how about we do this? How about we try this? Hey, let's push ourselves to do this. And that's where you really, really start to see your child do amazingly more than just you being a reactive dad. If you're the proactive dad, if you're the one guiding instead of just directing from the distance or yelling. Huge difference. But what I've I've noticed hugely, uh, which we, we discovered a lot this week in our topic about fathering, is that I used to say that we are in a very, very high percentage of being a fatherless generation because you do see a lot of single parent homes, but you do see a lot of family homes that are still together, but the father's just absent, you know, just absent the fathering side of things. But I've come to correct myself on that because I think Truly, I should say, I know this fact. 
We are not in a fatherless generation. I'll tell you why. Every child has a father. But think of it like this. If you are the, the man that steps into being the dad, if you're not that, something or someone will step in and take that place. So if you choose to be the inactive father, trust me, the media will step in and they will father your child. Pornography will step in and father your child. Celebrities, peers, friends, doesn't matter what it is, somebody is fathering children. It's up to us if we're going to be the dad to step in and go, well, hang on a minute, I buy choice and I buy action and I'm going to be the one. My children know this. I mean, I make sure I am extremely, I'm the dad. Because if I'm not the dad, media will be. There are pop stars out there would love to father my children and direct them to say, this is the right way of living. This is how you do things. Just, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I proactively am going to be the father of my children. And that's, I think, without a doubt, where men really need to step up. Instead of being reactive or the inactive and just sits back and allows it to happen, that's when things creep in and they take the role of the father. I actually saw that post just before I was having a look at your, your Instagram page and I saw that. I'm like, oh, what a great topic for this week. And it's something that's, that's close to my heart as well. Like as a dad of two little ones, I'm pretty sure I've got all of them. Yep, one, two. Yep. <laughs> I often fall into that automatic what my dad did to me when I'm punishing a child, for example. If they're misbehaving and I'm trying to do this gentle, gentle stuff and then I might start yelling and then I feel bad as well. But knowing that we can change it, we can evolve all those reactions and be more proactive and maybe stop in the way that we parent, in the way that we mentor, in the way that we're friends with our kids as well, we can maybe start to change some of the psyche around boys, men, daughters as well, you know, and, and how we all interact and learn from each other and grow together as well. And I think Average Joe's is in the perfect place to help men change the reactive to the proactive. So for those who aren't familiar with Average Joe's, can you tell us a bit about where it started and, and what it does? Absolutely. So it, it started here on the Sunshine Coast. And last week is our five-year birthday, believe it or not. So we've been five years, which is flown. I'll tell you what, it feels like it's been a lot longer, but in a good way. Like, I feel like I've been an average day for forever. It did start here on the Sunshine Coast. It started in a, in a pub in Maloolabar called Taps. Didn't know the pub that well, but what had happened is I'd bought a house. And when I'd done that, uh, I got talking to the real estate agent. And just in the conversations of, of buying a house, we realized that we had a lot in common. He was a really good guy. And I was still very new to the area. And the conversation just led to, hey, if you're free one afternoon, mate, we should grab a beer together. I said, oh, great idea. And I was just keep in touch. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. One or two weeks passed. He sent me a text message. He said, hey, mate, we, you're good for that beer. I'm, I'm free on Thursday. I said, mate, lock it in Thursday. Eddie's, let's, let's grab a beer. So we did. Went down to Taps Pub there in Woolbar. Grabbed a beer and I walked up to the counter. And there was a sign on the counter. And it said, chicken wings. I've gone off. You've caught me. You've got me. <laughs> so I turned around to this new mate of mine. I said, hey, buddy. He said, chicken wings. I said, you like wings? I said, yeah, grab some. So the lady at the counter, she said, well, you know what? If, if you come on a Wednesday instead of Thursdays, these wings are half price. So I've turned back around. I said, mate, half price wings on a Wednesday. I said, we need to lock this in to become a weekly thing. So it just become a bit of a joke. Anyway, Tuesday of the week after, I've sent him a text message. I said, hey, wingman. Are we good for those wings and a beer tomorrow? I said, yeah, absolutely we are. So sure enough, Wednesday came. We've met up. It was 12 o'clock. We met up and, and sure enough, we ordered a beer, had some wings and hit off what we have now to be a great relationship. But what did happen was it lasted for about three months where we were going along every single week and we started to set challenges for each other to be better men. 
we had this rule that whatever got set at the table stayed at the table, that we held each other accountable. We would talk anything and anything, and we made a promise that the conversation was always going to be real, it was going to be raw, it was going to be honest, and that when we left the table, there'd be no judgment, there'd be no change of thoughts, because we knew that the conversation was so real that, mate, you're, you're sharing what our thoughts and beliefs and challenges or whatever it is that you're going through. I'm doing the same, but in, in the midst of being honest, let's not judge each other when we've walked away, because you've got your own style of living, my own style of living, we'll go from there. So that lasted for about three months, until one day I've jumped in my car to go there. And my car wouldn't start. So I've seen him at text. I said, mate, I'm going to be a tad bit late. I said, yeah, yeah, sure enough. So I got there 45 minutes late. Sat down and said, look, mate, you know, if, you're, if you're going to be late or you, you can't make it, just send me a text. We're good. We just, we'll be back here next week anyway. I said, yeah, I get it. But I look forward to this one hour a week. I said, I wasn't going to miss it. I said, the one hour a week where I can get together with another mate and we can be real, we can be challenging, we can be, we're talking all, the, all topics, mate. We were talking investing. We were talking marriage. We were talking growing up. I said, mate, I, I look forward to this one hour a week. I said, I wasn't going to miss it. He said, well, I'm glad you said that. He goes, oh, I feel the same. I look forward to it. I said, well, with you and I, I look forward to it. Surely there's other men in the community that would love to be a part of just a beer and wings and an honest, real open chat. You know, it's not a, it wasn't a place to share feelings, things like that. We're real, real men. We weren't sitting there, real honest conversations like real men. Anyway, so he goes, yeah, I think, I think there'd be a lot of men out there that would feel the same. So I said, you know what? I said, Grab your beer or grab a wing. I want a quick selfie and I'll put it on the community board on Facebook and see if anyone wants to join us next week. So, sure enough, he's grabbed a wing. I've grabbed a beer, I've taken a quick photo. I did a very, very quick spiel on Facebook. So, hey guys, you're new to the area or you've got a free one hour lunch break on a Wednesday. My mate and I meet here every week. We have beer, we have wings. We have a good, honest, real chat. I said, mate, good place to make friends, good place to just chew the fat. But we challenge each other to be better men. If you want to be a part of it, we'll see you next Wednesday. Put my phone down. I thought nothing of it. Took a sip of my beer. Looked down on my phone and, and the, the conversation was just steamrolling. And wow, look at this. So much conversation at it had it sparked. But I got a message straight away from the local paper. And they said, hey, we want to come and write a story about what you guys do. I said, well, if you can get a story from Beer and Wings, you can write whatever <laughs> you like. <laughs> whatever you like. So... They said, are you going to be there in 10 minutes? I said, yeah, we'll be here in 10 minutes. And sure enough, 10 minutes later, up rocks two big cameras and a journalist and asking us all these questions. And we're thinking, guys, come on, we're just being in the wings in a chat. I don't know what you're going to get from this. Anyway, a lot of the questions went down the lines of men's mental health, suicide, families, all this kind of stuff. And we said, look, guys, look we're, we're not experts in these guys. We're just two average men just having a beer in a chat. This is not our, it's not our expertise. I'm a plumber. He's a real estate agent. So we're just men keeping it real, right? So sure enough, they wrote an article, which came out the next day. But what was interesting is that during the night, that post on Facebook hadn't stopped. It just gained so much momentum. I was getting messages predominantly, funnily enough, predominantly from women. Mm. And it was all down the lines of, I wish something like this was around two years ago, because if it was... Maybe my husband would have found solace in something like this and maybe wouldn't have killed himself. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. Like, guys, it's beer and wings. I don't know what you're seeing of this, but this is, this is what we're doing. What it showed me, though, more than anything was the desire and the need and the necessity for men to commit. I hadn't seen it before. I was living it because I desired it, but I didn't realize that as a whole, men were lonely. As a whole, Men were living in a place where this is what they were after, a simple 
place to get together and be challenged to be better. So the next morning, I woke it up, front page of the paper. Two average Joes had to change stigma. I've gone, well, there you go. You know what? I don't know about changing any kind of stigma, but the name average Joe is perfect. You don't get any average than me. You don't get any more average than my mate. So I've texted him. I said, hey, you see the paper? I said, yeah. I said, look, I love the name average Joes. I said, because that's what we are. We're not psychologists. We're not doctors. We're not any of that. We're just average men, but we're all about a living above average. How can we challenge ourselves to be better? If you've got an average marriage, fantastic. How do you change your average to make it better? An average business, great. How do you change average in your business to make it better? Average farming, doesn't matter what it is. So we thought, okay, well, let's see what happens next week and see if any other men really, really saw this as a benefit. 17 men turn up. Wow. Wow, okay, this is a lot more, a lot bigger than what we thought. Fast forward about three months after that, we'd had three new meetups pop up. People that had contacted us said, mate, I saw your newspaper article. I saw your story. I did this. Do you mind if we start a group? I said, go for your life, start a group. So we realized one thing, though, was that in starting a place for men to get together, for the stories, for the conversations, that's one thing. But men can do that in a pub anywhere and any time and make no change, make no difference. So I thought, you know what? I'll start putting it out there, some topics for men to talk about. I'll do a couple of little points, maybe a story here or there, but I'll set the tone, I'll set the pace for men to go, right, this week we're going to be talking about this on purpose with an agenda to chew the fat on this. Because one of the great things about what we do in Average Joe's is it's for 18 plus, but there's no limit on the other end. So you've got men that are young, middle-aged and older. And the things when you get all that kind of experience and like life fully, like lived experience together, You've got first-hand answers to things that men have actually gone through, marriages, businesses, all this kind of stuff. So it's not a matter of men going and trying to seek help. You're in a place where men have been there, done that. So after a while, we started to write these topics, and that's where we really started to explode. We started to see men meeting up with an agenda, men meeting up on purpose to go, what a great topic, What when the topic gets discussed, and you've got lived experience coming from that angle goal. Interesting about this topic because I've actually been through this with my side. I actually, when my business, it, you've got all these lives coming together, and that's where we'll expose. So now, fast forward to today, we have 15 meetups in three countries. We're about to be in our fourth, being the UK, but we're still a few. We have learned a lot of cultural differences. Australians are just different. <laughs> or maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm just different. I don't know but. We've learned a lot of cultural differences in topics, in um, approaches to things. So it's been a learning curve, but it's, but it's been a good one. It's been fantastic. Something comes to mind when you're telling me that story is that, A, you're a very brave man to put something on the Sunshine Coast notice board on Facebook because that is brutal in itself <laughs> in the responses. <laughs> the second was it almost sounded like the start of a great joke, like a plumber and a, and a real estate agent walking to a pub. <laughs> 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 but what I love about it, and I and I have this discussion quite frequently with guys who are setting up groups. There's two sides of the fence. There's one that says just keep it open, let them talk about whatever. The other side of the fence is if you give a guy something to talk about, they can go past the usual same old, same old. Like, oh, how's work? How's the wife? How's the kids? How's your job? 
as a footy and it's very superficial. So I love how you actually give the topics and you explore the topics and help men to become more or above average in those particular topics because you're right, we have such a wealth of lived experience in so many areas but without the platform often or without the the encouragement to go to those places which a lot of guys actually want to do. Absolutely. You're spot on, mate. And one thing I'll say on that too, you, you, you said something very interesting. I've noticed this about men. You'll notice this about men in a moment I say. You give a man an opportunity to give you a one-word answer. He's going to give you a one-word answer. Hey, mate, how you going? Good. How you going? Good. Okay. Wow. That was, that was deep, wasn't it, eh? But, but it's the truth. So one thing we do with AJs is we don't ask how you're going. In fact, I'm going to be even brave enough to say this. I'll probably get ridiculed for this. We don't ask people, are you okay? Because it gives it, it's an opportunity of a one-word answer, and that's what you're going to get with me. So we say, tell me about your week. Because that puts men in a position to go, okay, well, um, well, the week started like on Monday, Tuesday was a bit. All of a sudden, it's conversational. It's not, you're doing good? Yeah. You're doing good? Yeah. Because the truth is they're not anyway. Mm. But even if they weren't, You've opened up the door for a one-word answer, and that's what they give you. So it's, it's got to go deeper than that. And particularly in Australia when we say things like, yeah, nah, or, or nah, yeah, and you've got the cultural differences because I know you, you are expanding, and I saw on the website. you got, you in the US yet? So we were very, very – this is actually quite a sad story about us. We were very close to launching Tina Vision, which, in fact, is going to begin still, but it's actually got to begin here in Australia. We're actually teaming up with some high schools and maybe with a bit of a, uh, with a curriculum for 13- to 15-year-old boys. But anyway – we were going to start in the US, but our host has gone through an absolute whirlwind of just life struggles, and it uh, it knocked him flat on his backside. It's it's been a bit of a journey, to be honest. So the US, no, not as yet. But in saying that, there were a lot of interest from the US, and funnily enough, they're the ones that we seem to have more cultural differences with, because we're we're in Pakistan and we're in, we're in Kenya, which are two totally different countries to Australia, but culturally working okay, the US has been a challenge because the thing is too, we want to do it right. I'm not interested in, in the numbers. I'm not interested in let's put one here, let's put one there. This is how we operate. People come to us and say, what do I have to do to start an average Joe's group? Great. I'm glad you asked. Let's take you through a process. We have created a detailed process. We have a, a, a status pack. We've got a code of conduct. We've got a lot to go through. It's actually a 12 page document, believe it or not. Men get through half the first page and, and lie to me about the rest. I'm sure they do. <laughs> so where do I sign? Where do I sign? <laughs> the thing is, we're serious about this. Like, this is, we take it serious. We don't just go, yeah, mate, go ahead and start well. We, we put a lot of accountability out there because we want it to start right. So if we get the right guys come in, we take them through the process and we go, you know what, we're really, really seeing auto hike on here. Let's push this. Let's get it going. Then we got to go. You mentioned hosts as well. So, you, you know, putting it out there for people to host an event themselves or an average Joe's themselves. What's the kind of thing that you look for in a host in, in, in someone who can facilitate a group of men from all walks of life who might have just met that night? What's the things you look for as a host? That's a great question, mate. The number one thing I look for is they understand the culture and what average Joe's is about. And I'll explain to you what I mean by that. When you see any kind of men's meetup group, it's very, very easy to think, wow, mental health. I've got no problem with mental health. I believe there needs to be more money put towards it, more attention put towards it. I absolutely believe that 
and we are seeing a lot of all of stirring a lot of momentum building around around men's mental health which is great right but we're not a mental health group it's not what we are well it's not what we advertise to be people call us because they think we do a lot for men's mental health and i know we do i know men mentally become healthier by being a part of average joe's but we don't put ourselves out there to say we're a men's mental health group so the criteria to us that you understand okay if i want to be a host what is this all about we are about championing the cause of men to embrace an authentic and a real masculinity because we have something called our core 3m which is the three things that make up what average joe's is about and those three things all start with them masculinity mentoring mateship masculinity is the growth of a man inwardly mentoring the focus of a man outwardly mateship the strength of a man collectively that's what we are that's what makes up average joe's so if you can understand the culture and say you know what i actually know what this is about i'm picking up what this is about i'm feeling it you are about championing the cause of men to be better that's what we're about what that means for you how you express that well that's your journey because you might be going through a hell of a time with your marriage you might be going through a hell of a time with your business great you put that person amongst 12 other men that have been through something similar that's where you get your answer so to create that culture in someone who's going to be a host that's what we're all about is understanding the culture of what average joe's is about so that's to us that's makes a good host thinking about the journey and and obviously to create average joe's is, is something that you'd be proud of in itself but is there any other standout moment that you go you know what we're doing something really special here does that something that sticks out for you that's a great question i'll go back to the topics to answer this I'll tell you why, because there was a statement made to me about two years ago that I'll never, ever forget. I won't try to give too much away because he, he, he may listen to this podcast and, and refer back to it. There's a guy in one of our meetup groups who came to me about two years ago and said, I plan to kill myself on two occasions. And he said, but every time I've done that, I've sat there on a bucket and I think about the topic of next week in Average Joe's. I said, really? And he said, mate, he goes, I've never been challenged enough to be a better man. And he said, and now I sit down thinking that I've come to an end, thinking that this is, oh, this is too hard. And he says, but I sit down and I think to myself, but I wonder what they're talking about next week. I wonder what the topic's going to be about. He says, because so far, every topic stands out and I'm challenged every single week. And I said, wow, like I, I'm astounded. I, I, I'm lost for words as to what to say he still comes every single day. He's been coming now for about four, four and a half years, four and a bit years. That's probably, if I would say, the biggest standout thing because you'll see with all our social media, I'm not about putting myself or putting Average Joe's out there to be in publicity, in a limelight. It doesn't interest me. What interests me is hearing back firsthand from men like that. Men that go, because we, we did a lot of live events which we're going to get back into. But another one came out about a year ago and said, you had a guy come on the show live once with video live events called Open Tap. And he said, I took that back. And he said, what I put into my marriage and what you what you guys have, he said, it saved my marriage. Those are the standout things. It doesn't bother me if I'm never interviewed on another podcast. It doesn't bother me. If that, I don't care. When single men message him, ring in, text me, doesn't matter what it is. When they... Give me a testimony on a life-changing event that's happened in their life. 
because of what Average Joe's has done. Mate, it takes me to the borderline. I don't cry often. It takes me borderline to get there. It, it, it makes me emotional because I think you're in something that started in a pub over chicken wings and you're calling it the biggest life-changing event for you. That gets me. Mm. That keeps me going. It's magical. And I think that's what a lot of us working in this in the men's space hope for is just to inspire one bloke to be better or find help or just find community as well. And community is a big one. We talked about a bit about loneliness earlier and there's been some reports out recently from the ABC and, and, and the like around men's loneliness and how it's becoming a real issue and, and it's feeding into things like data around suicide and family domestic violence, mental health and so forth. And so Community is really important, and that's what Average Joe's provides is community. But it's not just communities around beer and wings as well, because I know some guys might struggle to go to a pub through addiction or, or, or whatever and so forth. So tell us a bit about some of the other kind of meetups and what they look like as well. It's not just about the pub stuff. Absolutely. We meet up at cafes as well because of that very reason exactly. Not all men drink, and not only that, there are men out there that have struggled with the drink. So we totally get that. What we do when it comes to starting an average joke, picking a place where one's going to be, I leave that up to the host. Because like I said, we, we get approached to start. I don't approach people and say, hey, how about you start one? We get approached. When we do, we work with the host to say, okay, what are your thoughts in your area? What works? What's a standout location? Where do people go? Where do men go? Right. So we work with that. But it's either a pub or a cafe. And it's for those reasons. Some guys have a beer, some guys have a coffee. And look, we have, uh, I think, three of our meetups in the morning. Beer at 9 a.m. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I mean. But it, what's interesting about the whole pub and cafe scene, there's two that I go to that are at pubs. I never get a beer. I never get a wine. I never get a whiskey. I get a soda water. And I do that on purpose. One reason, I'm not a big, big beer drinker anyway, right? But I do it for this reason. We do get uh, men that come with a history. And when you put men in a place where they feel they aren't strong enough, I get it. And I would suggest to men, and I, and I teach this to my kids too, is that if there's areas in your life where you struggle, the first thing to do is don't put yourself in the area because you, you're removing the temptation from whatever it is. If you're not there, the temptation is a hell of a lot less, right? But we do get men come that have had a history of alcohol. So when they come and they see 10, 12 other men come to a pub and they're able to not order a beer, all of a sudden it makes them themselves think, well, if they can do it, I can do it. If they can drag themselves here and for an hour, hour and a half, not order a beer, it's dull. Because a lot of men out there will have their wording, I can't do it, mate. I thought, I can't do it. I go there, I order a beer. It's, it's impossible. No, it's possible. It is possible. Because 11 other men do it. 11 other men rock up and order a soda water, order a Coke, get an orange juice. All of a sudden, they are, with their own eyeballs, seeing other men do what they have said for so long is impossible. So all of a sudden, you see the change in men go, all right, well, if they can order a soda water, I'll get a soda water. Well done. So we do get that a lot, actually. We get a lot of people say, oh, you know, you've got all these men out there that do find it hard and they struggle. So what? why go to a pub? Well, a lot of men hang out in pubs. I'm, it's the old saying, mate. You know, if, if you're a doctor, you don't hang out with healthy people. Doctors go to hospital where sick people are. We go to pubs because quite often we'll say to people when you're hosting a group, 
you see a bloke coming in, he's having a beer by himself. Go up and say, good day. Hey, mate, how you doing? We've got AJ's group over here. Don't sit here by yourself. Come and join us. And all of a sudden, that guy starts coming every single week. That's where men are. I'm not going to sit down and put an advertisement out and say, hey, you men come to us. But go to the men. So men hang out in pubs. They just do. Not all men, but a lot of men do. So that's why we go. Yeah. I love it because it, what starts off with maybe just a soda water or a, or a Coke or, or a juice can maybe turn into those first few words that they've never spoken about before as well. And, and then it might be a new mate or a collection of mates and just grows from there. And, when, and then we, we reduce loneliness. We reduce mental health. We might improve relationships, as you said before, as well. And it's just a fantastic model as well. And, and I imagine that might be similar even, say, somewhere like Pakistan as well compared to Australia in terms of how they meet up, going to the UK, US, wherever else you go. All these cultural differences and how men interact can be so varied as well, even here on a sunny coast as well. What's next for, for Average Joes? I know you are building something pretty special where you are at the moment into the podcast world, and that's where I love to be. Can you talk us through about some exciting things coming on the AJ's radar in the next, say, 12 months? Absolutely. So we are right in the thick of building our podcast room. COVID did that to us, actually. I mean, when you're all about providing space for men to have a, a set agenda with topics at meetups, when COVID hits and you now can no longer meet up, you're put in a position where you go, okay, what do we do? We know we have a message that needs to get out there. We know we need to still somehow create a space where we're bringing out a message. So how do we do it? So when you put a plower behind the keys of a computer, you're struggling from the start. <laughs> we struggled from the start, mate, I tell you. I don't understand programs. I don't understand it. But anyway, I've got, I've got two kids and I've got four. Uh, I've got four kids that could help me there, which they did. So what we did, we said, okay, we need to start creating something that's online. So we bought a bar, not a pub, just a bar. We bought a bar and we set up what would normally be seen and what would normally be created within that environment. We created our own Average Joe's meetup group, but we filmed it live and we were interactive with the live audience. So in the process of doing that, obviously COVID made restrictions of 1.5 metres apart. So if you look back to any of our recordings, we are actually 1.5 metres apart. So just to... <laughs> Any legal things I want to go there? We started this thing called Open Tab, which was a, a live event. We were, we were calling ourselves with cameras and stuff. We put it out there on Instagram and Facebook. We, now, when we started to do that, we realized that there is a whole different audience out there that we weren't seeing in our physical pull-up to a pub, pull-up to a cafe style of meetup. So it sat in the background, and then when COVID then lifted and we went back to meetups, it, it felt like, oh, great, we can go back to doing what we were doing. But it always stayed in the back of my head of there was a whole untapped audience of men out there that we were seeing the same names pop up every single week. I think one of the, the largest audience we had at one stage was 6,000. That's a lot of people. Oh, that's huge. But we were seeing the same names come through. We're like, wow, this guy doesn't go to a meetup. But yet we've created one for him, which he can sit in the own comfort of his own lounge or his own bed with his phone, and he's watching us, types in, becomes a part of it, right? So it stayed in the back of my mind since COVID. We'd since then moved house, and I've been looking at this space on my house where I had a shipping container. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to start to dream with this. And so the dream then became a reality where we combined two shipping containers. We cut everything out of it. We've framed up this amazing room. You should... I did invite you. I'm coming. I will come. Don't worry. <laughs> You'll have to come and see, mate. It's, um, we are moments away from completion. That's our next step is uh, the podcast room. And it's, it's going to look amazing. It's going to be set up in some amazing state-of-the-art, this and that. We've got 
Actually, a, a local builder heard about what we were doing. Sent me a message and said, I want to come and see your room. Sure enough, I met him there, had a look around, and they actually have taken over the project free of charge to finish building a room for us. Wow. They organized all their own trades that have come in and now we're nearly there, which is amazing in itself. But again, that shows me the kind of people out there because this guy doesn't go to a meetup and follows us online. But there's a whole community there that are after this sort of thing. And like what you're doing, because you're doing amazing things, but I've, I've followed you for some time now too, and you're doing some great stuff, mate. You truly are. Because you've realized that there's a community of men out there that can drive in their car and put a podcast on, can work wherever they are with earphones in. And you've done amazing things, mate. I mean, I was going through some the other day. You, you'll, you've got... How many have you done? 200 and something? Oh, not that quite that. It feels like 200. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually closing in on 100. Like I've probably been on another that many as well as, as a guest. So I do appreciate that. And it's something that I really love doing is sharing that story with the hope that just one guy out there is goes, oh, Simon's lived with depression or Simon's burnt out before or Simon lives with OCD or Simon's just talking about how tricky it is being a dad and remembering how many kids you've got. It's like that. And just like you, I do it because of that one person that I hope to inspire. And and on that, like I was thinking as you were talking about the growth of the podcast room and the builder coming on, Average Joes, it's, you don't charge guys to come to these things as well. That's right. Yeah. So this is all on your back as an organization or a volunteer organization. Talk us through that. Like it's free, it's accessible. Yeah. Talk us a bit, a bit through that kind of aspect of it as well. That's a very interesting one. It's interesting because I see it two ways. When you put a dollar value on something, people do value things a lot more. So I do get that. And it's not that we don't provide value because I know we provide value. But my thought is this. How do you be above average when you're on the tape? Like, I'm not going to say everybody. I need to be careful how I say this. I don't want to be a men's group that's on the tape. I want to be a men's group. That or men's movement, I should call it, or a bigger men's movement that raises a generation of men that want to be givers, that want to be the type of men that go there and live an above average life and be above average in the life of somebody else. So I've got to lead that from the front. All of our stuff, I mean, look, we've had an online shop, a part of our website. It's been there now, I think, four years. I've never sold a shirt. You know why I've never sold a shirt? Because I've never taken it live. You know why I haven't taken it live? Because every shirt that I order in, I'm giving away. Mm. What I'm saying is I want men to receive as much as they can to get them going. I don't want to raise this movement that's all about, I've seen it, call a meeting about a next fundraiser to raise funds to hold the next meeting, to have the next meeting about the next fundraiser. And it's a cycle that I don't want to be a part of. Right. I, I want men to go, okay, I want to be a barbarian. and I want to contribute. Fantastic. Let's contribute. There are so many people in the community that have received from us because we collectively, when I see something come through, I'll put a call out to our guys, to our host, to my own group. Hey, guys, I've seen a need, whether it be a single mum, whether it be this, I've seen a need, let's contribute. And men donate, men give, and then we become a part of going, let's be part of the givers. Hmm. Let's not be a part of the takers. Men don't take. Men are supposed to give. We're givers. We're providers. Let's be that. So you know, I say that lightheartedly, mate. I don't say that to sound arrogant. I don't say that with any, any type of ego at all. I just say it to go, I think there needs to be a shift in well, doubts. 
I'm interested in one of that. I think you said it perfectly. It goes to that to raise a generation of new men, or not new men, but men who are in tune with what's going on inside, but also in tune with what's going on with each other. It's moving back to almost a traditional view as well. It's like just giving, like giving your time, giving a hand out, giving a hand up, giving some advice if you need to, or just giving some space for, for another guy just to open up and, and share what's going on for them. And the giving is, is such a authentic pure, beautiful thing to do. And so that's why I I love the idea of Average Joes. It gives men a space. It makes it accessible. And as you're saying, as you're growing, like guys are needing this type of thing in their lives. So it's actually really commendable. I really appreciate it. And I love that the builders come on and help me out with a podcast studio. And I might hit them up when I eventually build my own house and and build a podcast studio in my backyard as well, because I hear they're not cheap. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I've seen the figures come through and I'm like, you know, I'm kind of glad actually now. <laughs> no, no, no. That was like, you know what though, what's interesting is that was a big learning curve for me hmm. to receive something like that. It's kind of now going back on what I just said in, in that first part of the conversation there, but it was a big thing for me to sit and it took a strong conversation with him to finally go, well, mate, okay, if you really want to do this, we, we appreciate it. It's like, yep, step back, let us take over. Okay, well, mate, I'd, Thank you. What can I say? Yeah, that is beautiful. All right, Wayne, I'm really enjoying this conversation, but I am mindful of the time. It's close to our weekends. Uh, a couple more questions and I'll let you go. Go for it. So if someone's listening and they're really keen to check out Average Joe's, where's the best place that they can find some information, find a meetup? Look, uh, a website, obviously, Average Joe's, uh, www.averagejoes.net.au. But Facebook and Instagram. Facebook's probably our most most used. Seems to be the age group of men. We do have a closed group chat as well where men can come in and have discussion stuff, but our main page, which is which is our logo, Average Joe's, find us there. So that's the best place for it. Wonderful. And put the links in the show notes so people can easily access it. But the last question I'll ask before I ask every single guest to come on is to plug something that makes them feel good. So often the conversations we have can go very deep and dark and sometimes a bit painful for some people listening. So I like to leave it on a lighter note of something you're watching on telly or listening to on the on the radio or podcast, reading, self-care activity you're doing, something that's just lighting your boat at the moment. Oh, wow. So something. So you're talking something practical. No, it could be something as simple as uh, loving Kit Kats at the moment or something. <laughs> well, I'll tell you because there is something in being Friday night I look forward to a Friday night for this one reason. I'm not a big fan of winter, but winter comes with something that I love, and that's open fires. Mm. So on a Friday night, which will be tonight at some point, I like to crack open a nice bottle of red and I have a glass of red wine around a fire. We've got a fireplace up the back. That to me, when I know that I'm having a wine around a fire, that signifies that, hey, I've come to the end of the week and great time to relax, great time to take that deep breath, and, uh, and see the weekend in. So I, I enjoy that. A wine around a fire, that's my go-to. I love fire for that reason. Like it's it's such a mindful thing just watching a fire dance and seeing the flames. And unless you're like me, there's too much smoke usually on my fire. <laughs> so I'm choking. <laughs> and the whole, the whole suburb's choking as well. But anyway. <laughs> but Wayne, I've really enjoyed our conversation and, and I love what you're doing with Average Joes. Well done on, on the success so far. Happy birthday for last week for the movement. I'm really excited to hear that as well. Also excited to come down to the podcast studio check it out for myself maybe even test run it if you like but yeah thanks so much for coming on and sharing your story i appreciate it simon and mate i I said it before i'll say it again you're doing great things mate keep doing what you're doing buddy you're doing some amazing things so good on you and we as men thank you for doing it 
Well, that's a wrap for today's episode and I hope you got some value from it. If anything triggered your mental health today, please reach out to your support networks. Also, if you love what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your mates. For more from Mindful Men, you can check us out on Instagram and YouTube and I'll throw the links to these pages in the show notes below. But until next time, stay mindful.